and welcome to Not a Couple, a Will and Grace podcast. I'm Tess. And I'm Matthew. And today we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 5. Yep, Episode 5. Uh, Boo Humbug. Boo Humbug. Ooh. Halloween episode. <laughs> it's very scary. Uh, it's very spooky. We're not wearing costumes. We oh, should have worn costumes. This episode, uh, here's the plot summary from the DVD. Will and Grace plan to spend Halloween together watching Ingmar Bergman movies at home. That is, until Harlan drops off his kids at their place while he's called away on business. Ooh, that's almost correct. Yeah. He kind of misses the other half of the thing. Yeah. Anywho. So yeah, it leaves out the whole Jack and Karen bit, which I'm sure everyone at home has recently watched and enjoyed and loved. It's too bad. I feel like most of these episode descriptions do kind of leave Jack and Karen out, which well, is sad. Because this show isn't called Will and Grace, it's called Just Jack! <laughs> But the opposite. It's, but the opposite of that. It's it's called Will and Grace, so. Uh, but it's it's kind of a Will and Grace-centric episode. I mean, yeah. Jack and Carrie kind of get shunted into, like, little asides here and there. Yeah, they are definitely the, like, super B-plot. Like, it's almost a B-minus plot, really. Yeah. One thing to talk about as we're getting into this episode, I, first of all, I really like the episode. Yes, I... think I, I should say that up front. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was it was definitely interesting. Um, I found that there were certainly some things that maybe didn't work quite as well as the first four episodes, but it was still enjoyable. I liked it. Yeah. Um, and we talked a little bit about this off mic, but um, this episode was the first episode that wasn't written by the creators, right? Right. And I remember they, that made sense when we looked into the episode after watching it, because um, there are a couple things that feel a little weird, a little toning off. But yes, this is the first episode not written by the creators of the show, who mm-hmm. are David Cohen and Max Muchnick. Yes. Uh, we haven't talked about that a lot, but Will and Grace, for those of you who are on my side and not having seen a lot of it before is kind of based on a little bit of the life of one of the creators, uh, Max Muchnick, mm-hmm. uh, who has a who is gay and has a good female best friend. And, uh, you know, the show kind of came together as a result of some of the life experiences that he went through and his good friend David Cohen, and mm-hmm. they pitched it to NBC. Uh, and I think they didn't pitch it as well and Grace, if I remember no, right. No, if I remember correctly reading about it, um, they pitched it as like a show that centered around a bunch of different couples. There were like... A few straight couples, and then mm-hmm. there were Will and Grace, who were, like, Like not... a pre-modern family. Yes. A pre-modern family, indeed, so... Mm-hmm. But they wanted to write about, or wanted to have the show about Will and Grace, which is kind of cool. Yeah, so... Um, I guess that's a vote of confidence for the state of TV in 1998. Way to go, NBC, in 1998. Seeing that niche market and just driving it home. Do you say niche or niche? Niche. Ah, I say niche. Mm. Well, that's well, just a difference we're going to have to overcome. Huh. I guess it just isn't going to work out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll just pack my things. Okay. <laughs> Bye, um, I mean, it's, but it's a good episode, and as it turns out, the two people who did write this show, uh, John Kinley and Tracy Post, mm-hmm. uh, they do end up going on to become executive producers yeah, so of the show. They're really involved in the show going forward. So, um, but this is their first episode that we see, and mm-hmm. it's it's good, but yeah. it's a little wobbly at times. Yeah, and it's just it's just strange to see someone else taking the reins and. Yes. Seeing what their vision of the show is. Yes, and there's there's definitely some things that I, I found that didn't quite land, perhaps as well as maybe the writers thought they might have. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, let's talk about the A plot, because I think that's where most of those lay for me. Yes. Um, so the, the to say again, the plot of the episode is Will and Grace end up saddled with Harlan's two children. Yes. Who are Buzzy and Nixon. Yes, I'm not sure if we actually learn their names, and if we do, I don't care, because I no. just want to call them Buzzy and Nixon. They're just Buzzy and Nixon, which okay. is... Which is an adorable visual gag, because what is actually kind of a brilliant choice, mm-hmm. the writers uh, choose not to have Buzzy and Nixon take off their masks until the very end. Yes, and they don't talk either. Mm-hmm. Which At which point, it's kind of funny because it's like does this like dramatic reveal, but then the kids are just They're normal just children. children. Yeah. Right. Um, but you get this funny bit where like Will and Grace treat them like a bee and our former president 
Richard Milhouse Nixon. Yes. Which is phenomenal, because as Grace says, this isn't going to work. I'm allergic to bees, and I'm a Democrat. Yes. <laughs> um, I think there's another point. I don't remember if it's Will or Grace. I think it's Grace who says, like, you know, my dad voted for you, or something, right. which is talking <laughs> to Nixon. Like, there's just, they get a lot of um, stuff out yeah. of the Nixon jokes. I did really like that, because for the first time, I think this is an episode where the comedy doesn't necessarily rely on the fact that, like, Will's gay, Grace is straight, but they're making it work together. Yeah, that's definitely true. That is one thing that I did enjoy about this episode mm-hmm. a lot, is that the joke didn't all come from, wow, a gay and a girl, what are they doing? Yeah, and there was a little bit of that as they run around the apartment trick-or-treating with these kids. Right. But it kind of, the show just kind of, at this point, has decided they are basically a couple, they're going to do this as a couple, Mm -hmm. and any jokes that come about about the fact that they're not matched on orientation level... It's going to be kind of incidental. Yes. Like the thing where Will is flirting with the guy in the hallway, and then Grace shows up with the kids, like, Buzzy threw up in her mask, and the guy's just like, no. Yeah. Uh, I remember when I was taking notes watching this episode, I was like, ooh, who dad? Mm, he was, he was pretty. He was very pretty. Very 90s pretty, though. Yes, it was definitely a 90s pretty with, I think he had like a turtleneck yeah. on or something. Like, I don't, I don't really understand how I have a concept of what gay guys looks like in the 90s due to not being conscious of gays in the 90s. Like, at all. But somehow I have this image, and it's that image. Like, the pants, like, the shirt, the haircut. Mm-hmm. It's, like, a very, like, I feel like George Clooney haircut, baby. For everyone listening at home, because this is the radio, Matthew described high-waisted pants, a George Clooney-esque haircut, and, um, like, a sweatshirt. Yeah. It was just, it's just a very 90s. It's very 90s. I think he even had, like, white tennies on. Like, yes. It was, it was quite, mm-hmm. quite 90s. I also, I liked that um, they kind of committed to, like, Will and Grace doing this together, because they had this nice night in planned, mm-hmm. and, you know, Watching like, Ingmar Bergman, which is very gay. Oh, yeah, that's super gay. I don't think I've ever, but I mean, like, that period of gay. Like, I don't think I've ever seen an Ingmar Bergman movie, and I have no desire to. Especially to after. I don't know who that is. Yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> but but yeah. I, I don't know what the equivalent of that would be in, in modern times, to watching, like, a a dark Arturo's movie. Maybe Just like, like M. Night Shyamalan movies, maybe? No. Those like, aren't good. Those but... aren't good. Like, <laughs> um, Just watch Love, Valor, Compassion a bunch of times. That's true, actually. Uh, <laughs> Terrence McNally would probably be a good, a semi-good overlap. Yes. Love, Valor, Compassion. If you ever wanted to see the guy from Seinfeld do ballet. Watch that movie. Watch that movie. Mm-hmm. Also, if you wanted to look for a TV show that does a huge shout out to that, Please watch the episode of Girls where they go to the beach house in the Hamptons, because it's it's basically that. It's basically the same thing. The one thing I didn't understand about that plot, and maybe we can talk about this a little bit. Sure. Um, I just kind of assumed, as they introduced this plot line and the way that Harlan and Will were talking about the kids, Yes. I kind of thought that there would be more exploration of the fact that, like, Will kind of seemed to want kids, right? but didn't know what to do with them when he had them. Right, yeah. They very much so struggle with being good with the kids. They, like, try and give them Clamato juice at one point. Right. Which, and wine glasses, which was just a disaster. Right. It seemed like the kind of setup where you were going to have Will and Grace talk about having kids one day, and right. how that was obviously way more complicated for Will. Right. Yeah, and I think that's maybe just something that doesn't quite hold up now that it's 2016. Like, mm-hmm. I remember writing down, like, there's that joke that Harlan makes about, oh, you know, you'll see when you're married and have kids, and then he, like, stops himself, because it's 1998, and mm-hmm. that's not a possibility. He's like, you'll see when you have your commitment ceremony and adopt a Himalayan whistle kid. Like, <laughs> I was just like, oh, 90s, you're showing. Yeah. It's not even, like, it's, I can understand if the show is, like, Will was sad and, like, saying, like, oh, this isn't a possibility. Like, right. sadness. It doesn't even go that far. Right. 
it kind of hints that Will might want kids during that awkward marriage conversation. Right. But after that, it's never brought up again. Yeah, like, especially if this show had been done today, I feel like this episode would have definitely had an aside with him and Grace where Will is sad, being like, oh, I had so much fun with these kids tonight. Mm-hmm. Having kids isn't really a possibility for me because it's the 90s and, right. like, gay adoption isn't legal. Yeah. It's sort of like that episode of um, How I Met Your Mother where Robin, spoiler alert, everyone who hasn't watched How I Met Your Mother, mm-hmm. um, where Robin finds out that she can't have kids. Right. And Robin Scherbowski as a character, like, flat out has never wanted kids. It's mm-hmm. a character trait. It's probably like one of her top five character traits. Right. But she spends that entire episode and, like, the next one in this tailspin because she always wanted the possibility of having kids. Exactly. Like, she wanted the option to change her mind, and then she finds out that that isn't an option for her. Yeah. And I feel like this episode was sort of the equivalent of having that episode and having Robin not care. Right. It would be sort of like Robin being like, can't have kids, whatevs. Right. Which I think there's like, they kind of missed maybe an opportunity for character building, or mm-hmm. maybe they just didn't want to discuss it. I mean, it's 1998. That's true. Literally, Will can't really have kids. Mm-hmm. Like, he can't get married. That's he true. He has no rights. It's awful and yeah. sad. But it's also very interesting because, spoiler alert, Having children does become a plot point in later mm-hmm. seasons, um, particularly with Will and Grace. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So that's a big discussion that happens. So, I mean, maybe it's good that it doesn't come up now because then it can come up later in a more nuanced, better way. Right. But, yeah, I definitely feel like that was something that if this show had been redone today, they maybe... It would be, have to be done as a period piece because otherwise he would just be like, yep, one day I'm going to get a surrogate. Well, even if it was a period piece, I think the, the tone of a show done now would require... Dealing with that. And not, right. just, not just sweeping it under the rug. Right, yeah. Which is 100% what they were doing here. But, I mean, it was still funny. It, it mm-hmm. was kind of nice. I, I feel I feel two ways about it. Because as much as I wish they had done that, it also was kind of nice to have an episode that was just Will and Grace being themselves, getting into hijinks. Right. Running around with not these kids. Not being good with these kids. Just yeah. getting into silly string fights at the end. Which I loved, by the way. I thought the silly string fight was so funny. Um, it definitely gave me some like huge nostalgia. Because um, growing up, my family on New Year's, we always had... A big silly string fight at midnight. Mm-hmm. Um, like our whole family, like grandparents were involved. <laughs> like it was, it was great. Like chasing each other up the stairs and yeah. stuff. So I really enjoyed watching that happen because it gave me like a nice little '90s flashback of my own. And I was yeah, like, that's funny. I guess I never would have guessed that that was uh, a '90s thing. I mean, I, I mm-hmm. knew that your family does it, mm-hmm. um, but it's just it's funny to see things from your life reflected in the show. Yeah, in I such definitely. A different way. I definitely enjoyed that um, seeing that bit happen, and I also liked Will and Grace's dramatic. Like, the showdown with the mm-hmm. silly string pointed at each other, yep. and then... Mexican stand-up. Yeah, yeah, and then you get Will get shot, and he, like, falls to the ground dramatically, and he's like, <laughs> ah, take care of the kids for me, and she's like, I can't live without you! And it was, I just thought that was very funny. Yeah. And that was another cute moment, where the show was letting Will and Grace behave as a couple, and yes. then it was letting them behave as a couple with kids. Right. And it's sort of interesting to see the show play with that idea of them. Right, yeah, it was definitely very interesting, because, like, simultaneously, while they're playing with these ideas, they're also like, subverting those ideas, because mm-hmm. while Will is taking these guys out trick-or-treating, he's also, you know, trying to flirt with that cute guy. Yeah, that was funny. There were a lot of weird uh, 70s jokes in this episode, yeah. though. Yeah, and I vaguely remember that from being a kid. There were, like, a lot of, like, especially Nixon jokes. I remember Nixon being, like, a huge, like, character almost when I was a child, which mm-hmm. is weird, because I was I was a 90s kid. Like, I was born in the very early 90s. I'm not revealing what year I was born in, but, spoiler, <laughs> it was 1990. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I do remember as a kid, there were just a lot of like, I am not a crook sort mm-hmm. of like jokes. And I did the hand thing, by the way, with the speech signs. Yes. Yeah, I don't, I, it must just be a timing thing where like writers are coming of age in the right. 70s and so that's what they're thinking of. I could totally see that being like, this is just sort of where all of the 70s kids 
are coming of age and now they're writing TV. So there's a yeah. lot of 90s jokes happening. It's just very interesting because you have the Nixon thing. Yes. Um, and the other one that's really big is you have, and, and this is maybe a good way to talk about this, <laughs> you have Jack show up as, I think it's David Soul, I think. Who is in Starsky and Hutch. Which he's is this, Hutch, I believe. He's Hutch. From this classic 70s show, Starsky and Hutch, mm-hmm. not the Ben Stiller remake. No, don't which, think about that. I mean, don't just pretend it doesn't exist. And that's the B plot of the episode is that he and Karen love Halloween. Yes. Or at least he does. He loves Halloween. He has to kind of like convince her to ditch her kids trick-or-treating and mm-hmm. go out and... He refers to it as one of the gay high holy days. It is one of the gay high holy days right. for the record. Mm-hmm. See, I'm I'm more the will. I like, I like Halloween, but I've never thought of it as like a sacred holiday that we must celebrate. Yeah, no. If I don't celebrate Halloween, something's wrong with me mm-hmm. and you should take me to a hospital immediately. <laughs> so I'm... in this particular scenario, I'm willing you're Jack instead of Grace Frazier. Just Jack. <laughs> Just Jack. <laughs> Um, um, yeah, so they're body and soul. They're body and soul. Because Karen's one requirement for costume is it has to show off her rack. Yes, uh, literally I believe the line is tits up and out, mm-hmm. um, which is good. Yep, so they dress dress her in a sexy outfit, which yes. is perfect for Megan Mullally. Yes, I do love to see Megan Mullally's boobs. They are one of my favorite characters in the show, so. And then Jack goes as David Soul, which yes. is a very weird choice for Jack, but I think again, like, one of those things where, like, 70s kids are coming of age. Right. That's what they're thinking about. Exactly. So, even though Jack is Jack. I feel like he would still have a concept of Starsky and Hutch. Right, exactly. Because they do have that moment at the end where, after he's kind of feeling a little dejected because Karen befriended all the drag queens, mm-hmm. like, he does meet someone who's dressed as Starsky, and he's like, Starsky? And he's like, Hutch? And then there's like a, ha. And, like, the, the pan out shows, like, hot, 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 yes. hot, Starsky said, which is, which is a little on the nose, but also fantastic. Yes, I, I did enjoy that a lot. Yeah, the B-plot... It was very small in this episode. Yes, only it, see was, them... it was teeny tiny. Um, yeah, you only see it a little bit. Like, you get the introduction to it when Jack shows up and he's begging Will to go as part of a couple's costume with him because mm-hmm. he and his friend were supposed to go as Adam and Steve. But, which is funny. Which is funny. But I think his friend is, like, married with children and there's a joke about, ah, he's in his strings. He pretends to be la la la. <laughs> um, so he can't go out on Halloween. So he turns to Karen's tender bosom and mm-hmm. begs her to please, please come. Mm-hmm. And he, like, literally, like, corrals her by being like, she, you will be worshipped. And she's like, how? Worshipped how? <laughs> but then she is, which is weird. Yes. Let's talk about that a little bit. Karen with the drag queens. Mm-hmm. Um... I found that maybe for me that was the part of the episode that worked the least. Yeah. There were just some, there was some stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I remember there's this bit where, like, she's literally giving drag queens makeup tips. That's not, that's, that's not, not real. a thing. Like, if, I've encountered several drag queens being a gay man. And if anyone around them ever tried to give them a makeup tip. Oh, you get your wig snatched. Like, yes, no. Just, oh. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, the like... The blood everywhere on the walls. Flames. Flames on the sides of everyone's <laughs> face. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I'm i a big fan of drag shows. I've gone to a, a fair number. Um, mm-hmm. I have met several contestants on RuPaul's Drag Race um, in my life. They're all very lovely people. One time, Jujube told me I was beautiful, and it made my life. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, if anything, it should be going the opposite direction. Like, I would willingly take any and all makeup tips that mm-hmm. any drag queen would want to offer me. But I would not be, as a drag queen, taking makeup tips from no. Karen. Like, I, I can understand them loving her, because there's that bit early on where Jack is like, they think that you're in drag. Right. That made sense to me. I thought that was really well done. Right. For a show that has already shown itself to be kind of iffy on issues of trans characters and characters who right. subvert gender roles in yes. that sort of way. But then it just kind of went, not off the rails in like an offensive way, but, but it just kind of 
it just went off the rails in like an unrealistic way. Exactly. Like I could totally see Karen like surrounded by like basically a harem of drag queens and they're all having a fabulous time. But I can't imagine that that would turn into now, girls. Let me give you some makeup tips. Like right. nah. Right. Like, yeah. at the point where she's, like, lifted on the pedestal, like, literally, like, yes. elevated above all the drag queens. That was a bit much. That part's not real. Right. But, um, I did, what, the one thing I did enjoy about that bit was when they, um, decided what their drag queen names were, which mm-hmm. I just want to lay out for you. I don't know, but I'm from the Midwest. This is actually how you find your porn star name. Mm-hmm. I've never heard this referred to as drag queen name. No, that, it's... That might be a Midwest thing. It might be a Midwest Maybe thing. Maybe that's actually going the other way of the way we think it's going, rather Maybe. than being, like, censored for TV... Maybe it's just censored for the Midwest. It could be censored for the Midwest. But anyways, <laughs> I always grew up with it being, this is how you get your porn star name. It's the name of your first pet and the street you grew up on. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like the uh, the results are always exactly what you see in the episode. Yes. Where one character has the most perfect name imaginable. Right, and the other character has like a really awful, not good name. Like Glenn 125th Street is uh, one of the worst yes, drag queen But then you have Shushu Fontana, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, like, even right now, we did this right before we did the show. We mm-hmm. decided to figure out what ours would be. And to mine is Sunny Glenwood. Which is an amazing drag name. Yes, or porn star name. It really works. It's very versatile. Mm-hmm. Um, but mine is Snowball P. Yes, so Matthew grew up on a, a highway that was known as P. Highway P. And so his... his my our first pet was a guinea pig named Snowball. Oh. Miss you, Snowball. R.I.P. Oh, R.I.P. Snowball. Oh, um, and Sunny. Bye, Sunny. I had a golden retriever when I was a little wee baby. Oh. Yeah, it was very sad when he died. They had to put him down because he had like some liver cancer issues. It's oh, very no. sad. I feel like that's such an interesting setup for either a porn star or a... Um, to, like, probably go with, like, a probably dead pet. Right. <laughs> and, like, the street you no longer live on. Like, just, like, right. nostalgic and dark at the same time. It's very dark. I never really thought about that. Yeah. Mine is such a good one, though. Especially because, um, for those listening at home who maybe haven't seen a picture of me, I'm a blonde person. Mm-hmm. So, Sunny Glenwood is a quite lovely porn star, drag queen, what have you. And you're just very expressive. I'm very, I'm very expressive. You have a loud persona. I do have a loud persona. I kind of wish I wasn't recording this in my pajamas, though. For the record, because <laughs> you guys can't see us, Matthew looks amazing right now. He's in, like, a cute little cardigan and button-up. Yeah, he just, he's, he just... I snap better than I snap in real life. Yeah, he's he snapped I'm bringing you. my A-game for you guys, listeners. Yes, he did. And I'm literally in my pajamas. Like, <laughs> I have I have pajamas on. I don't have a bra on. My boobs are flapping in the wind. See what you're missing by us not doing this as a video podcast, listeners? Oh, yeah. We should absolutely never do that to We'll have to do it as a special episode. Once a very special episode in which I put my boobs away for once. For once. <laughs> for once. Um, but yeah, no, I, uh, I I had some had some feelings about Shushu Fontana's little harem of drag queens. Because mm-hmm. I could totally see her befriending and having a good time with a bunch of drag queens. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know if any of my listeners at home have met drag queens, but they are sassy. Mm-hmm. And they are not necessarily the most kind. No. Um, like, I, I have a very vivid memory of encountering a drag queen when I was a wee little 19-year-old didn't really know any better um they were a black person and they had their hair styled in this like gorgeous fro and I remember being like oh my god I love your hair and they'd be like thanks honey I did it just for you and I was like <laughs> oh god like at the time I was like ha ah, but now I'm like ah no they were so mad the at me the pound of flesh just like ripped out of yes, me yes it just like took a few years but it just like sort of like sucked into their like <laughs> their void of like insultness so yeah I I really found that it was not they just didn't do a very good job with the drag queens. Because also, like, they didn't really do the costume aspect or the theatricality of most no. drag queens that you see. Like, the makeup wasn't great. And the outfits weren't loud and yeah. big. That may be a budget issue, though. Because I 
I got a kick out of them meeting these drag queens, like, literally on, like, the one, like, Streets of New York set they must have had on the WB lot. <laughs> right. That is true. It may have been a budgeting issue. Yeah. But I thought it was so funny to see the drag queens that they do encounter because Grace at the beginning, like, makes this sort of, like, bitter comment about how she hates going out on Halloween and meeting drag queens that are prettier than her. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, no one looked pretty in this episode. I don't know, Grace. Like, you, maybe you need to, like, see a therapist about your, like, self-worth. Like, I don't know. Maybe Jack just took care of, like, all of the drag queens that he knew would worship her. Maybe. Because he did the starter queens. Worship. Oh, starter queens. Oh, that'd be cute. Just, that would make sense. For just nine ninety five every three months, you too can purchase yourself a set of starter See, listeners, queens. In the span of ten minutes, we've already rewritten this episode it's to beautiful. be slightly better. Yes. Come on, Will and Grace writers. Basically, Will and Grace writers, we love you. <laughs> Find us a sitcom that we yes. can write. Yes. We are smart. We are so smart. On the other hand, we also have, you know, almost ten years of or, no, more than 10 years. What year is it? How old am I? Hi, what? What's happening? Help, I'm lost. Help, Where I'm am lost. I? <laughs> oh, we have the benefit... We have the benefit of having, you know, more than 10 years of hindsight to, like, yes, judge this episode on. That's definitely true. We are operating on this, like, almost 20 years out from its original, mm-hmm. like, viewership. So, we are able to say, nope, yes, mm-hmm. this is great, this is awesome, get rid of that. Yeah. I mean, when this show aired, we weren't even teenagers yet. No, I was... I was a wee baby. I it would not have been good... Screenwriters as not teenagers. Yet. I was eight. Mm-hmm. I would have been a bad screenwriter. At yeah, age. not a good. I had a very big phase of being a giant kiss ass to my second grade teacher, mm. where I would write in our like because they had like a I don't know there must have been a sale in journals. I remember journals every <laughs> year for like three years, and I remember like writing in my little class journal. They're like, I'm so glad I'm in your class. <laughs> You would have been helpful for the writers group. Yes. Just making everyone feel better. Yeah, because I would have been sucking up to every single one of them. Also, I couldn't spell multiplication, mm. and so there's this very beautiful moment. I don't think that would have come up in screenwriting that often. No, but my sister did read this diary to me doing a dramatic reading recently, and I very much so kept saying how excited I was to learn Matt Placken. <laughs> so, this episode is brought to you by Matt Placken. Oh, Second graders can't spell. <laughs> <laughs> it made sense that it was the first episode not written by the creators, because it right. was the first one that I thought didn't do any like major legwork. Right, it was just kind of fun and fluffy. and Yeah, which is good, because when you're writing 22 episodes every year, that's what you need. You need right. a couple you, floppy episodes. Right, not everything can move the plot forward, or the plot will like completely derail in like exactly. 10 episodes. And so I thought that was it was kind of a good episode in that sense. Yeah, it was sort of like watching these characters who we finally got to know, like get to play on a playground a little right. bit. Like exactly. just be themselves and be fun. Yeah, and I'm kind of optimistic that like, for the next couple episodes, we get more episodes like that. Because that's kind of the pattern of how TV shows work, is that you have a couple building episodes, you have a couple fluffy episodes, right. then it sweeps and you do a couple serious episodes, and you go on winter break, and then you come back and right. do the whole thing over again. Right, and a very special episode. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. As someone who hasn't seen it before, just have some fun, goofy, weird episodes. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed that. Although, I have to say, I, I was a little bummed, because I did remember this happening, but it, like in my brain, I like rewrote it, like... In my brain, in my fan fiction version of this episode, Will and Grace get their shit together and get a costume when they go out that night. Mm. But just because I want to see them dancing. That's true. dancing is fun. I'm trying to think of it, like what costumes they would even have. Oh, like, I don't Maybe know. Will would have gone as Ingmar Bergman. Maybe. I'm just sitting here thinking about Halloween shenanigans that we ourselves have had where we encountered mm-hmm. that person once who was dressed as a, a bear and a teddy. Oh my god. <laughs> on, the, on the Tumblr, we'll have to put up some some pictures of us or something yes. wearing some Halloween costumes. Oh, yeah, we definitely should. Um, this last year, we went as Joy and Sadness yes, from Inside Out. Yes, and we were Out. so cute. We were so freaking cute. Um, I, you'll have to guess which of us was Joy and which of us was Sadness. Yes, good luck. <laughs> the year before, we went as the Avengers, right? Yep. We were part of the Avengers. Yep, I was, you were Thor. I was Thor. Because Lady Thor was a thing. Yes. 
uh, and I was, who was I? Oh, I was Hawkeye. Yes, you were Hawkeye, because the person who was supposed to do Captain America, cough, Ryan, cough, backed <laughs> out at the last second, so we didn't have a Captain America anymore. We had an Iron Man, Thor, and Hawkeye. Yes. Which is kind of like the worst. It makes Hawkeye look even sadder than Hawkeye already is. Yes. And I had a bow that was made out of clothes hangers, oh so my it was God. just... And he got white girl wasted. I did get white girl wasted. Oh my gosh, it was so funny. Yeah. Like, literally, uh, Ryan, who didn't go with Captain America Mm -hmm. and I, had to become, like, basically the political spin team of trying to convince the cab driver (laughs) that he wasn't going to puke in the cab. I didn't, though. Yo, you did puke in the cab. But not in the cab. No, he... I puked in a bag in the cab. No, thankfully, our our Iron Man, which is Matthew's sister, um, (laughs) she was an RA, so she was very prepared, and she nicely dumped her chips and salsa out of their bag and made him throw up in the bag. Mm -hmm. That's why you always go out with friends. Yes, so... TLDR, um, we do have many services of taking care of your drunk friends. Mm-hmm. If you find us on the street, we will not take care of them. We will laugh at you. <laughs> but we will tell you stories of how we've taken care of our own. Yeah. Well, on that uh, safety first note, yes. I think we're all set with this. Please drink episode. responsibly. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks for listening to us. Yes. Um, um, this was a fun episode. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say um, yeah, a few more times. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Um, yeah, um, yeah, um, yeah. All right. So if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter at Not A Couple Show. Or on Tumblr at notacouplepodcast.tumblr.com. Or send us an email at notacouplepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. All right. Uh, Until next time, I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And we are Not A Couple. This episode of Not A Couple Podcast was recorded in front of a live studio audience of one cat. Wow. Eliza, go to bed. This episode is also brought to you by Sunny Glenwood and Snowball Peeves Drag Review coming to a theater in the Midwest near you. For private main engagements, please contact us at snowballandsunny.com. Not on our website, please don't contact us there. Thank you.